about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. You're a Knockout, a podcast for your inner badass. <laughs>What's up, Knockouts? It's your host, Rachel Rist, and welcome to episode one. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I have no idea what the hell I'm doing, and it's a Saturday night, so I'm going to keep it real candid with you, and I'm popping open a nice cold adult beverage because I'm a little bit nervous, and I don't really know um, what I'm doing, but uh, what's up? Hi. Um, welcome to my podcast. You're a knockout. Welcome. So I guess this first episode should be the get to know me episode. So you guys can get to know me, especially if you are not my friends and family that may or may not have been conned into listening to this podcast. (laughs) So a little about me. My name is Rachel Rist. I am a small business owner in the greater Cincinnati area. Um, my business is called KO Beauty and we specialize in permanent makeup services such as microblading, powder brows, lash extensions, lash lifts, and other eyebrow services such as, um, brow henna and brow threading. Um, what makes my brand unique, I think, is because I am a self-proclaimed tomboy who has always kind of felt like a little bit of a misfit in this beauty industry of ours um where everything is super posh and like the constant need to feel like you have to fit into this pretty little box wrapped up tight with a beautiful pink bow which I am not (laughs) um I have obviously being in this industry, always had a love for like the beauty industry and makeup and hair and fashion. Maybe not so much fashion as my best friend would agree. Um, I can't dress myself to save my life. Um, I live in athleisure, which is a fancy way of just saying that I love to run around in gym clothes. (laughs) I would way rather be in gym clothes than high heels any day of the week. My wardrobe literally ranges from, like, gym clothes to, like, maybe three dresses that I've had for, like, the last three years that are, like, my go-to. And my one pair of trusty heels that I can tell you are beat to hell and back. Like, they have seen some life, but I love them, and they're comfortable, and I will wear them until they just fall apart. So yeah, so my brand is kind of centered around that. Like I never really felt like I fit in in the industry. I started out doing hair um, about 12 years ago, going on 12 years ago, I guess. Um, And it's just so funny because like I would be in these salons and I just always kind of felt like I had to tone down who I was in a sense, in the sense of like, I love being active. I love to work out. I've just always been involved in sports. I grew up playing soccer. I ran track in high school. Um, And obviously the KO beauty comes from somewhere. So I actually started boxing when I was 16 years old. And that was when I met the love of my life, which were my boxing gloves, by the way. Not a boy. (laughs) 
Um, yeah. So when I started working in the beauty industry and I would talk about, you know, working out or whatever, like most girls would almost kind of shame me in a way like, oh, I don't like to work out. I don't like to sweat or like, that's just not fun, blah, blah, blah. And it just made me feel like I would almost, I remember one time in particular, I don't really even remember who I was talking to or how it happened. I just remember the instance where I was like, oh yeah, I don't like the sweat either. Like knowing full well that I was just like full of shit, but I was just trying so hard to fit in. And I spent a lot of years trying to be that girly girl and like dressing in ways that I hated, like trying to be like the girly stylist that I thought people wanted to see. Um, and I just got, I just was overdoing hair and I actually like transitioned into doing freelance makeup. So I worked at like a little mom and pop, um, hair salon out in Aurora, Indiana, real, um, small town. And there was a airbrush or an airbrush compressor there for makeup, and I had just gotten back from a huge hair or a makeup show in Chicago, and at the time, airbrush makeup was blowing up. Like I talked to all these different artists from Texas and Chicago and oh my gosh, L.A. New York, all these girls that were talking about airbrush makeup, and I was just thinking, like, wow, we're not utilizing this at all at my salon. And so I tried to talk to the owner to get her to do photo shoots and senior pictures and weddings and like anything that we could do to get that going because makeup at that point, like I'd always had an interest in it, but I just really started to gravitate towards it more and realize that that's more uh, my speed. So she wasn't about it. So I packed my bags and I started my first business, which was called down to earth cosmetics. Um, and I started out making mineral makeup because when you do hair, um, you obviously have a retail shelf. So when you do someone's hair, you can recommend them awesome products to use to make sure that they leave and their hair still looks super dope when they do it at home. So I wanted to have like something to offer my clients like on their wedding day, something I could bring them as a present or something that I could give them to touch up. So I actually was still living at home at the time and I had this huge desk in the corner of my tiny little bedroom and I would spend hours and hours and hours just creating mineral makeup with different minerals and pigments and micas and Honestly, I used to think there were so many big bags of white powder on my desk. I kept thinking, like, if there was ever an instance in where there would be, like, a bunch of cops that would barge into my parents' home. I don't really know what for. But just in case, you know, there was a fire. I guess it would be firemen. <laughs> anyway, you're picking up what I'm putting down. I thought to myself, this probably doesn't look too great. I kind of look like I might be dealing something here. But uh, yeah, that was a super fun time. And I started making mineral makeup. I had a little Etsy shop. I named a lot of the mineral makeups after like my nieces and just like fun little things. But like everything was like the whole branding just looked super like minimalistic you know, really simple and earthy. And that's really 
not me. But I was like, whatever, this is what people expect to see from like a mineral makeup line, whatever. Meanwhile, in the back of my head, I was thinking, you know what would be so sick is to, to have a brand that is just edgy as hell, like it's all around like boxing and like, you know, one shade to be like uppercut. Another one could be like knockout or TKO or like I just had all this stuff in the back of my head. And mind you, this was like, oh, my God, nine, eight or nine years ago that I've been thinking about this. Um, and I've only had KO Beauty, by the way, for two years now. So this has been like in the back of my head for a long time that I've been like fighting it, which is really funny that I even had this thought as I was starting another business. Anyway, so I had that. And then I also started freelancing for mostly weddings. Cincinnati's pretty conservative in the sense that you don't get to do a lot of the really fun, like avant-garde photo shoots and things like that. It's pretty, pretty boring, to be honest. Like I loved all my brides, but it was just like the same kind of thing over and over, like natural look, whatever. So with that being said, when you're doing weddings and you're going on location, like you feel like you, at least I did, felt like I needed to look this part of the makeup artist. So I showed up. Oh my God. I would show up even on a Sunday for like a trial run. I would be in like leather black leggings, like a black, I don't even know what, and a black blazer and heels and big gaudy jewelry that I hated. Shout out to my best friend, Mandy. I love you to pieces, but oh my God, this jewelry. And she would just be like, you just dress like really simple and then you can just put like a big statement necklace on. And I still have some of these hanging up, you guys. And like, (laughs) I see these pictures pop up from like bridal conventions that I did with Down to Earth Cosmetics. And I just look at myself and I had hair extensions in at the time. Full glam, full makeup, big lashes, whatever. No matter how early in the day it was. And I just felt like I was playing a part. Like... Oh my God. It just did not feel like me. And like, I'm still super proud of my work. Like my work was on point. The connections I made were genuine, but like, I felt like everything was surface level with my clients. Like, you know, I loved doing weddings because like, first of all, it's an honor to be a part of someone's huge day like that. Like that's such a massive day to be a part of. And I'm a hopeless romantic. So, you know, getting to hear all the love stories and how they met and, you know, the significance behind the venue that they chose or the flowers that they're carrying or, you know, the way that they're remembering loved ones that have passed that can't be there. Like, it is such a beautiful day and I loved everything about it. But I just felt like I wasn't, I don't know, there wasn't enough depth because I wasn't being my authentic self. Like, I was just like, showing up and being like the girly girl that I thought that they wanted to see. And obviously when you're playing a part, that shit burns out real quick. Um, so <laughs> with that being said, there was like also like a life change. I ended up with a sick parent. Um, my dad got really sick and it was obviously impossible to book out for events days, months, years in advance when I didn't really know how the day-to-day was going to go. And also in this industry, if you're in it, as you know, you always have to be on point. You got to leave your shit at the door, come in with a smile, you know, any emotions or things that you got going on in your life, you got to check at the door and be there for your girls, your clients, your people. Um, And I was just 
I was, man, I was, I thought, I remember the moment I knew that I couldn't do weddings anymore because I called my mom and I said to her, I don't think that I can do weddings anymore because I might choke a bride. (laughs) Straight up. And I remember this because this bride, this was, she was, I remember we were getting ready. And I was getting the girls ready and she was complaining about something that her dad hadn't paid for. And I remember thinking to myself, like, wow, this was her second wedding. No shame. That I mean, no, no shade on that whatsoever. Like, hey, sometimes it doesn't work out the first time. Like, no shade. But I thought to myself, like, man, how lucky are you to have had your dad at your first wedding and now a second And I don't know if I'll even have mine at one. And the biggest thing that you're griping about right now is that he didn't pay for something. Like, you're missing the big picture here. Like, what a beautiful day this is and the fact that he's here. And it's one of those things, too. Like, she doesn't know. Like, it's not her fault. She doesn't know what it's like to to have someone in that scenario where you're not sure if they're going to be there for your big day or not, you know? So it's not her fault. But it was just like, man... Makeup started to just feel so shallow and meaningless and just, like, petty. Like, so vain that I couldn't even stand it. I started to resent everything that I was doing. Like, oh, my God, who cares about an eyeshadow shade, you know? Like, who gives a shit when there's, like, other things going on in the world? And I just got, like, really over it. So I actually walked away from that. Um, and I started working in logistics of all things. Um, and I did that for a couple years, by the way, if you're ever thinking about a career change and you think about going into third party logistics, um, I'm going to need you to just go ahead and not <laughs> dude working in this particular company was no joke. Like being in the movie Wolf on Wall Street. Especially because at one of the offices that I worked at, I was literally the only female. Dude, it was so bad. Like, so bad. At first, it was so fun because, like, I was working in an office building. I could come in. We had casual Fridays, which was the shit because I got to wear jeans or gym leggings, whatever, as long as I was wearing a company t-shirt Um, This place was pretty crazy. They used to bring in like craft beer on Friday, like straight up kegs. They would have a line with red solo cups and tap a keg and we would have beer. Um, One of the guys actually got a DUI literally leaving the office. Um, I think he hit a goose on his way out and then got pulled over and got a DUI leaving work. Like this place was just out of control. Everybody was sleeping with each other. HR was a freaking joke. All those girls were sleeping with different dudes. They had gone out on like work outings on a party bus and given like some of the other employees lap dances. Like it was an absolute joke. And I remember like working there. Um, It was cool at the time because I was obviously going through some stuff with my dad being sick and you were allowed to be mean to people on the phone. I was actually like encouraged um, when you were dealing with like drivers like truck drivers that might be lying to you or whatever they encourage you to be mean which was so weird but I was in an angry point in my life to be honest so it was kind of therapeutic in ways (laughs) that's so messed up but 
Um, I didn't have to come in wearing makeup. Like, I didn't have to put on a face. I didn't have to put on an act for anybody. I could just come in and just, like, clock in, clock out, go home. But it was miserable. Like, when you walked in there, everyone there hated their jobs. And if they didn't, like, it was just because they were making stupid amount of money but they still didn't like what they did. Like everybody, you just walk into the office, people are screaming on the phones at people, just angry, upset, stressed, didn't get sleep the night before, trucks breaking down, you know, product being rejected at the places and then you can't go home on a Friday night and go do the plans that you're going to have because whatever. It was just miserable on top of the fact that like the sexual harassment dude is so real and so many people... It's so disgusting how, like, people will still shame you because they're like, well, you were working in logistics. What did you expect? Um, I expected to have a sick nine to five where I was making a salary and had health benefits for the first time in my life and it'd be more relaxed and be in a professional environment, especially because there's an HR department, which I'd never have before. So, yeah, I kind of expected to work for a reputable company without people finding my name in the directory in the company and texting me and trying to take me out or um, slide into my DMs on Facebook and or oh my first um oh this was so good you guys my first happy hour with the company my first week there two of the biggest um sales brokers in the company pulled me to the side and asked me if I got hired so I could sleep with all of the guys I'm not even kidding I'm not even kidding they're like is that is that why you took this job so you can sleep with all the dudes yeah so that was a really good first impression you know (laughs) uh I have so many stories that are like that about that place and ultimately ended up losing that job and that's an entire other episode we don't have enough time for that um and honestly I don't want to give them any more of my energy but Ultimately, that ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me because I would not have KO Beauty if it hadn't happened for that. But um, yeah, after that happens, man, I my dad actually passed away um, and then I lost my job in logistics. And that was a really dark time because I was like, wow, my dad just passed away, which I was totally blindsided by. Like I never even considered that to be something that could potentially happen. Then I lost my job. And this is the first time that I had ever lost a job or anything while I was um, paying for the own roof over my head. So I'm like, wow, okay, so now what? I have all of these bills. I have an apartment to pay for. What do I do? And then it gets even better, you guys. So a couple months into the new year, um, brand new year, whatever, dad passes away, lose my job, whatever. Um, I have a home invasion and I actually had, like I literally woke up in the middle of the night to somebody breaking into my apartment, straight up ski mask and all at the bottom of my bed. Um, that's how I woke up. Luckily, he didn't do anything to me or anything, but yeah, he messed up my apartment pretty good and stole some stuff, so needless to say, this was like a not a very fun time for Rachel at all. Um, There was a lot of crazy shit going on. 
um, super dark time in my life. That the break in is a whole nother podcast as well. Like, oh my God. Um, but yeah, so it was just like not a good time and I didn't know what to do because I was so done with the beauty industry. I'm like, oh my God, I do not want to go back to weddings right now. I don't want to go do hair. I don't want to like everything just seemed so petty. Um, and honestly, like the thing that really changed everything for me and like quite honestly saved my life was um, getting involved with a local nonprofit So there's a national um, organization called Longevity, and it is a nonprofit for lung cancer. Um, So they help patients, they're uh, caretakers, they help raise money for research, all this stuff. Like, they're really, really amazing. Um, And lung cancer is actually what my dad had. So I had, after he passed away, started looking for a 5K that we could run or walk every year as a family to, like, remember him. And there was really nothing. Um, I could go down a rabbit hole with all of this stuff because I'm super passionate about it, but I won't bore you with the stats. But basically, lung cancer is, like, something that receives very little federal funding or help assistance um, with, like, research and stuff because there's, like, a really big stigma linked to it. Uh, people look at lung cancer as like a smoker's disease. So um, like one of the things that I heard all the time, like when my dad was sick was like, okay, well, was he a smoker? And if you say yes, um, people kind of shrug it off like, oh, well, like he didn't matter then or like he did it to himself when actually like majority of people that get lung cancer quit smoking years ago or have never smoked. Um, So it's like a really big misconception. But anyway, um, because of that, there's like really not any events because they're so underfunded that you don't have like the huge breast cancer walks and, you know, NFL players wearing pink to support the cause. Like you don't see any of that with lung cancer. Um, so all of the organizations that come from it are like super grassroots. So anyway, I found longevity through my Google search and just kind of started looking at how I could get involved and um, reached out to the organization and turned out there was a team forming in Cincinnati that was working on their first 5K. And they asked me how involved I wanted to get. And I was like, uh, as involved as I can get, like, let's go. Like, I need a new purpose. Like, makeup's not it. I feel like these people need my help. These people need a voice, you know, whatever. And so, yeah, next thing you know, I helped form this team in Cincinnati, throwing a 5K. We organized it. We ended up being on the news. And that was super fun. If you're local to Cincinnati, like I um, connected with Brad Johansson. He did um, the story for Lauren Hill, who's a local girl that passed away with um, DIPG, which is like a rare um, brain, is it a brain tumor, something to do with the brain. Um, that's mostly in kids and that story was massive and she was a huge inspiration. So I reached out to him to see if he could help and I ended up getting him to MC for our first walk and he would always get me on the news and help me try and spread awareness and get our cause out there. And it was just like an amazing thing, um, to be a part of. So we, oh, I think we did that. Has that been four years? I got involved literally the month after my dad passed away. He passed away in February, and I was involved with them of March 2016. 
We're in 2020 now. And obviously there's no 5Ks this year. Thanks a lot, COVID-19. So that's taken a backseat this year. Um, but that and being around, so that event was really cool. So it was like a, a 5K run and walk and survivors showed up. We got the honor survivors and they had like special shirts on so you could recognize them. Caretakers would be there. Uh, people that were currently fighting people like just nurses, doctors, whatever. And like being around these people and the team that I joined forces with, they had all also lost parents to lung cancer. And man, it just like made me feel seen because at the time, like I didn't know anyone who had lost a parent. I didn't know anyone that had lost someone from cancer or you know, was feeling that type of grief because until you go through it, and I hope none of you right now are going through it. And if you are just picture me giving you like the biggest bear hug, like back breaking bear hug and like sending you all the love in the world because I've been there. And until you go through it, there's no one that can relate as much as they want to. And as much as they care, like there's no way you just feel super alone. And you know, it wasn't a good place. I was hanging around some really bad people. I kind of lost myself, um, going through all of that. I just couldn't handle it anymore. And, um, being around those people and talking to the survivors and meeting other people. Like I remember meeting a girl at the first walk who had lost her dad, like a week after mine. And, um, like just talking to her and hearing her story, like, Oh my God, like I can kind of help these people in a sense, or we can support each other. Like you don't have to be alone in this. And like, that really brought me back to life and saved my life. It gave me like a new sense of purpose. It lit me up in the same way that doing makeup used to like making a bride feel so good about her big day or like a mother of the bride that never wore makeup and, you know, didn't feel good about herself. And next thing you know, she's like feeling like really confident and happy and like an extra springer step. Like it made me feel like that, but like, on such a deeper, more meaningful level. And then I just kind of started thinking like, wow, I miss this. Like I miss connecting with people daily. And that's ultimately what brought me back to makeup. But then I thought to myself like, okay, look, if I'm doing this, like I'm coming back in my own way. Like I'm coming back as me. Like I'm going to be the tomboy brand I'm going to wear jeans and boxing t-shirts. I'm going to be KO Beauty. I want to have a sick studio with golden boxing gloves and bright colors. And I want to name my lash extensions weight classes. So like my classic lashes are called featherweight. My hybrids are welterweight. My volumes are uh, heavyweight. And I just wanted everything to just be me. And... um I was like, if it flops, it flops, but either way, like I'm coming back as me. And it's funny because I was kind of kicking around for a little bit and microblading started blowing up. Lash extensions were blowing up like in Cincinnati. Like I know these things have been around for a while, but when you're in the Midwest, like these things take a while to um, make their way over here. And it's so funny. I don't think my best friend even knows this story. So Mandy, (laughs) it was, oh my God, my friend, she was so big and pregnant. Um, it was the week that she actually ended up having her son and we went out to get tacos as like a last dinner before she had the baby. And at the time I was doing body waxing 
and I was just like, you know what, this is good enough. It was still like me kind of kicking around the microblading and lashes, but kind of feeling like, oh, maybe they're just a fad. Maybe this is just trend. It's going to fade. These courses are a lot of money, you know, and then it was just another thing of like when you're, you're kind of lying to yourself, you know, like you're in a situation that's comfortable and it's like, you know what? I've been through enough shit in the last little while. Like, I'm not going to rock the boat. I'm, this is easy. I'm just, I'm fine here. But I hated it. I God, I hated it. And um, <laughs> I remember we went and we were eating dinner. And she was just, like, extra blunt. Like, this is why I love my best friend. Many, many reasons. But we've always had this relationship where we can just tell each other like it is. And we might be pissed off at each other for a little bit. But, like, in the end, we know that... It was just out of love and wanting the best for each other. Um, But this particular dinner with her being swollen and big and pregnant and just like ready for the baby to come, she was more blunt than usual. And I remember her being like, okay, so like you're just happy with waxing. Like you're just going to wax now. That's it. Like you're not going to do makeup. You're not going to do lashes. You're not going to do microblading anymore. Like you're just happy with makeup. Like that's it. (laughs) Or you're just you're just happy with waxing. That's it. You're just going to be a body waxer. And I remember being so pissed, but like I was choosing my words carefully because I'm like, I know that this isn't meaning to come across this way. I know that she's just pregnant as hell and just over everything right now and that this delivery is not the way it's intended. But I remember I left because I was like thinking in my head like, okay, well, maybe it is. Maybe I do like body waxing. Maybe this like just because this isn't your path doesn't mean that it it can't be mine like you know, what the hell? Like, I'm happy. It's fine. Like, why are you poking at me? And I left that dinner kind of pissed because I was just like, because what she did was she poked at what I already knew, but I wasn't admitting to myself. Like, that's the thing about your best friends and the people around you. Like, sometimes they deliver the shit that you need to hear that you don't want to tell yourself or like you, it's hard to hear, but you need to hear it. Um, and that week, actually, I got, like, an audiobook. I forget what it was. It was kind of, like, a cheesy thing. But it was a book about, like, starting your business and kind of, like, female empowerment kind of thing um, about chasing your dreams and, you know, that sort of thing. And I got really inspired in that week. I um, Actually, I think that next day, if not that day that I finished the book, I found um, a lash extension certification program enrolled in that immediately and then um, went for my microblading and really the rest is history went through that and started my business but um yeah thanks Mandy (laughs) I love you if it wasn't for you saying that shit like I would not be where I'm at right now like a thousand percent and I don't think I've ever told you that but yeah my best friend man she's uh she's amazing And sometimes you need that tough love and it's hard to hear at the time. But if you got anyone in your life right now that's giving you a hard time or on your case about something, chances are it's coming from a place of love and they just want to see you do well. And honestly, now, like doing the microblading and everything and having my own studio and putting the work into that and being able to connect with people again and see them weekly and build these relationships and just being able to be yourself, like, dude, if you follow me on social media, you've already heard this rant, but I'm telling you, like, just be yourself. Like, if there's nothing that you ever take away from this podcast, 
just be yourself. I can't, and it, it sucks because you can tell, I wish I could go back and shake me years ago, like little me. I wish I could go back and shake young Rachel and be like, hey, don't worry about what people say. Don't worry about what people think. Just do you. And I always have kind of been that way, but there's still a side of you, no matter how much you think that you're letting go and you're being yourself, you're not. There's still parts of you that you're, you know, tiptoeing around. You're still watching your, what you say, or, you know, you're still holding back in some way. Stop doing that because the second that I stopped doing that and embraced who the hell I am and dressing the way I want and saying the things that I want and chasing the things that I want and letting go of the people who don't serve me, like the people that come into your life, man, are just like, you find your tribe so quick. And like, I, I seriously cannot believe the people that are in my life right now. Like I have so many people around me that are just so driven and positive and authentic and just, just put it all out there. Like there's no surface level shit anymore. Like everybody is just gold. And if you want to succeed and you want to be happy, you got to surround your people yourself with people who light you up for sure. And it sucks because sometimes, especially when you're chasing your dreams, even if they're little dreams, there's people in your life, just like how they always say, like you find out who your friends are when like life gets tough. Um, like for instance, when my dad got sick, a lot of people dropped off that, you know, you find out we're just party friends that, you know, the second that life gets real, well, that's not fun anymore. And they want to go to the bars and they want to party and you're not, you're, you know, you're going through some stuff that they don't want to be a part of anymore. So they see their way out and you know what? Bon voyage. See you later. And, um, you know, it's the same thing with success. Even if it's a tiny little thing that you're doing, or if you're chasing, there's people that you think are like your ride or dies that are going to be there through it all, like by your side. And they'll surprise you because the second that you start to do better than them or maybe you're chasing something that they're too afraid to chase, they're going to bring you down. They're going to be real negative or they're not going to be around. Like I remember specifically a girl I used to be friends with um, really shaming me about microblading when she found out like how lucrative it is and what you can charge per client and you know, everything that goes into that. And, um, she was a nurse and she said, no one should make more than nurses. I can't believe that like you would make more than a nurse. Like you absolutely should not be making more than a nurse does. Like, that's just ridiculous. Blah, 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 blah. Like for makeup and just made me feel so bad about it. And the thing was, is there was goals that she really wanted that she wasn't going after. And misery loves company. People like that want you to sit around and wallow and be miserable with them. And the second that you start to chase something or do something that scares them, they're going to start bringing you down because they want you to be miserable with them. And it's scary to think about like stepping outside your comfort zone and chasing something else that might be uncomfortable. Um, So yeah, like expect that and just know that when that shit starts to happen, that's not a sign that you know, you're, you're doing something wrong. If anything, that should just be your confirmation that you're stepping in the right direction. Because when things start to shift and, you know, things start to feel a little uncomfy, you're probably doing the right thing. And yeah, 
this is a uh, I don't even know what we're talking about at this point. This is like we've we've gone through it. <laughs> we've gone through my whole journey to KO Beauty. And yeah. Oh, and like so that's the thing, man. Like be in yourself too. Like find what lights you up. Hey, if you're a makeup artist and you dress in all black and you've got your heels on at 8 a.m. on your way to a trial run for a bride and that makes you happy, do that. If that's you, if you're the girly girl, do that. But if you're not, like, just be yourself. Like, you don't have to fit into a box. Like, I love the fact now that, you know, I can go to the gym and then also go, you know, give someone some bomb-ass brows. Like, I love that. Like, I love that there's, there's different sides to me. And there's different sides to everybody. And you can do all of the things. Also, if you know your Enneagram, if you're a fan of Enneagrams, I'm a seven. <laughs> so that also plagues me, like wanting to do all of the things. But you should do all of the things. Life's too short to not do all of the things. Go do all the things and tell me about it. Um, but yeah, like, so KO Beauty, the whole point of this podcast is to honestly empower people. Like, my whole brand is about being yourself no matter what it is, whether you're a tomboy like me or not, whether you like sports or not, whether you're girly or not, whether you even care about makeup or not. Like, I just want you to be yourself. The first time that I ever put on my boxing gloves and threw a punch with the trainer, I showed up to the gym. I grew up watching boxing with my dad and, uh, I always had an interest in it, always loved it. But like, especially in a small town, like when you're a girl or really, I mean, I guess anyone, the, the choices of sports are pretty limited. Like, okay, there's like baseball, softball, football, basketball, soccer, track, whatever. But like no one's playing hockey. No one's really doing, I didn't know anyone that was like figure skating. I didn't really know any gymnasts. I mean, maybe when we were kids, but I didn't know anyone like on a higher level doing gymnastics or like playing hockey or like doing the sports that I thought were so cool. Like I always loved hockey, boxing, figure skating, gymnastics, but like those are all things that I didn't know that I could have done um, or I would have done them. So I remember I always had an interest in them. And then this little boy next door, um, our neighbor started boxing at a gym in our hometown. And my dad had asked me if I wanted to try it out. And I was like, okay, yeah. And he went with me, and I remember the trainer was like, oh, you're just here watching. And <laughs> guys, I used to be so shy. I just remember being like, oh, no, I just uh, I just thought maybe I could, um, like, box too. <laughs> and he held up the, the focus mitts, which are, like, the little mitts that they put on your hands that you punch. And I remember I knocked his back. Like, I hit it real good, and I was real proud. And then he got a big smile on his face, and he was like, all right. All right, all right, all right. I see you got a little something like cool. And like it was just like literally like as cheesy as it is. It was like love at first punch. I felt so empowered. I was bullied a lot growing up. So like that moment and just like it brought so much confidence out in me. And especially as the weeks and years went on, like in in the skills that I acquired and knowing that like when people picked on me, if anyone ever messed with me that I could defend myself and I'm small guys. I'm only five one. So it was easy to push me around and then just to feel that empowerment. 
And um, that's just kind of what my brand is about. Like, I just want everyone to feel that moment in some way. Like, I just want to, like, give you a little piece of that. I wish I could just, like, break off a little piece of my heart, crush it up, spread it all around, and make you guys feel how I felt in that very moment which is what I'm trying to do with my brand. So pre-COVID-19, when you came to my studio for the first time, I would have you put on these gold gloves, these gold boxing gloves that I have in my studio and make you do a boomerang, throw in a punch. Um, Especially, I mean, some people, it's so awesome because people come in and they're so shy and they've never put on boxing gloves or they don't know how to throw a punch. And being able to like teach you guys how to do that Even my little mom. God, my mom's so freaking cute. She's smaller than me. And um, she's like camera shy. And I brought her to my studio the first time and I made her put on the gloves and do a boomerang for Instagram. And she was like real timid at first. And then I showed her like, is this okay? Or do you want to make another one? And she's like, well, wait, I wasn't even guarding my face. Let's do another one. And like she got real into it. And that's my favorite thing is it happens with everyone. Everyone gets so hyped, like even if they're like shy at first, which is exactly how I was. And then by the end, like everyone's excited. And um, yeah, that's what I hope to do with this podcast, you guys. Like bear with me. I've never done this before. I'm sorry if this was just like a long rambling rant. Maybe I should have written an outline, you know, but I don't know. Just kind of wanted to feel like I was just talking to a friend. But yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do with this podcast. I want to bring on some like other local business women. I want to bring on some friends, <laughs> maybe get my mom on here. I don't know if she'll do it, but that could be really fun. That could be a fun interview. Um, I really want my sister to be on here because my sister's a entrepreneur as well. And honestly, like I would have never even had my first business. I would have never had any business if it wasn't for her because she showed me that it was possible. That was something that I, I mean, that would have never even crossed my mind um, to start my own business without her. Maybe it's something I would have dreamt about, like, oh, that'd be cool to own my own place, but I never would have imagined that it could be something. Um, So, yeah, I'd like to have some people on um and yeah just like talk to you guys about like life and business and what lights you up if you have like suggestions on like things that you'd like to hear me talk about or like what you'd like to hear let me know um but I guess that's it guys I should wrap this um first podcast up I guess um yeah follow me on Instagram it's at Knockout Cincy with a Y, C I N C Y, um, on Instagram. Um, you can find me on Facebook under Knockout Beauty, and our website is www.kobeautycincy.com. Yeah, so I don't know how this podcast works. Like, subscribe, share, tell your friends. Yeah, and then just keep being badass knockouts, doing you, and living your best life. And I'll see you guys next time. Bye.